Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the Ty Reads Film Movie Debate Podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm the bad guy. Will Johnson. Oh, oh. Go, going straight to spoilers. There he goes. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, well, I wasn't until you said have... it. <laughs> well, you know, just from here we go. <laughs> nice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're damn glad to have you. This is all for tantrum's sake. We're sharing passions and high fives to wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. This week, we're talking about Amazon Prime's Sylvester Stallone vehicle, Samaritan, recommended to us by our guest, Lauren Knight. It's me again, the Stallone enthusiast. Wow. She's in the right place. Very excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited She's to be anywhere, the... to be honest. <laughs> See? And she chose here. How about that? <laughs> you guys are great. I always will choose you. See? We're 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 doing all right then. So I here's mean, how this is gonna my go, own, everybody. My own podcast, then I choose my own podcast. But when I'm not doing my own oh. podcast, I choose yours. See, that's fair. Wow, that's fair. Yeah. Hey, hey, raise your hand. I know this is an audio thing, but raise your hand if you've been a guest on Lauren's podcast. Where's that cricket sound? There it is. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Edit that in, please. It's new. It's just a brand new podcast. We will have. We will start having guests. I promise. Take your time. We, we took. Well, you know what? Well, the first episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation had Bones McCoy in it. And the yeah. first episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine had Picard in it. The first episode of Star Trek Voyager had Quark in it. I'm just saying, like, you can get, like, yeah. you can have a big a guest star to open up your your pilot. But whatever. It's fine. You guys are too that important just, for that. I get it. That just means You guys are too big. You're too big. Wow. wow. The gloves are mm. on. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Will Johnson. Oh, wow. And the Bucks won today. Why so salty? Oh, yeah, man. the gloves are off. And also, you've totally outed yourself as like an even bigger nerd. <laughs> yep. He just, he just went through the entire guest star, you know, hot hot list. Yeah. I picture him now like episodes of Star Trek friend. Oh, my Star God. Trek like he battled well, that I could have like, kept going. Like, who is it again? No. Well, I could have kept going because because in the first pilot episode of Enterprise, James Cromwell was the guest oh the, the guest star to keep that going as Zephyr Cochran. Yeah. So, hey, so I, be- I believe you. I mean, you could have. <clears throat> I, I believe you. I I would not have known if you were wrong. So I believe. Yeah, you, you. could have said anybody there. You could have said <laughs> yeah, you, you know Ricardo <laughs> Maltabon. You could have you could have went down quite the list, and we'd been like, "Yep, that checks out." Yeah. So yeah, that sounds right. Stunt casting. Woo. Yeah, exactly. No, no, okay. I mean, I understand you guys are a big deal. Big deal. I get it. I get it. I'm not. I mean, I'm not, we have uh, a lot. We have a lot of downloads after just like four episodes. So uh-huh. like, you know. that in face too. Okay. You're a big hit. You're a big hit. That's why we had you on the show. Cause you're yes, so, thank big. You. so big. The bump. This is true. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. right. You get the, the Lauren bump. The Lauren Bump. That's the name of the episode right there. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the Lauren Bump for us is going to talk about, uh, she's going to go first with our little five uninterrupted minutes here. She's going to shower her praise of all things Sylvester Stallone, but particularly this wonderful movie. Um, a second lover, which will be me, will go first to try my own little high-minded case that will have no chance of matching Lawrence. The hater, Will Johnson, Star <laughs> Trek cameo aficionado. He will go last with five <laughs> uninterrupted minutes of his own to present his counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we will open it up for about 15 to 30 minutes of a shared conversation where the hissy fit more than it is right now is really going to get chippy. So sharpen a hammer and let's go live in an apartment and let's go, right? Is that where this is going to go? In Granite City. Yep, those are the two defining yeah. characteristics yeah. of the character. Hammer and living in an apartment. Wow. A big hammer and urban squalor. Got it. Check. Indeed. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Lauren, as the guest, your five minutes are first. Fire away. All right. Start the clock. Here we go. I got, it's 5.06. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my tablet says, here we go. Okay. So I have a unique perspective on this movie because I have actually seen three, not one, not two, but three different cuts of this film and both of the cuts were better than the one we got and so it's very fascinating to me 
uh, how the film industry works and and how the sausage is made. I literally got to see how the sausage is made with test screenings. But I have to say, this is better overall. Samaritan is better overall than it, in my opinion, had a right to be. Uh, speaking as someone who has seen a lot of the, you know, direct-to-video, uh, you know, uh, Stallone features. Um, this one has a, it, it has a budget. It had, I thought it was well cast. I thought the little boy was, was really great. I hadn't seen him before, but someone told me he was on Euphoria and does a really good job. Uh, I don't, I don't watch that show. Um, but the cuts I saw, incidentally, uh, aside from the fact that the special effects and stuff was, you know, weren't complete yet. So you got to see harnesses on the actors and stuff, which was just cool from a, you know, from a filmmaking perspective, um, there was actually an entire character edited out of the version we saw. And then there was a second character that was almost entirely edited out of the final version that was released on Prime. Um, and that's, you know, it's kind of unfortunate because I thought they did a pretty good job kind of world building. Um, I know Will probably disagrees. Um, but I, I, I think Samaritan is, is fine. I think it's a fine film. I was honestly super impressed with Stallone's performance, especially being the age that he is. I think I, sh I know I should know this. I think he's 76 now. He might be 74. Anyway, he's in his like mid seventies. And I was super impressed, honestly, with the, um, physical prowess that he ex that he displays not just like of course being in fantastic shape but that end climax scene with like the warehouse on fire it really really impressed me and there were even more action uh like scenes or like tidbits uh that were cut out of the final cut um but yeah so i was i was super impressed with his performance and i thought the casting was really great and I thought, honestly, it could have just been a little bit longer based on the versions that I had seen prior. Um, but I mean, I'm sorry, no matter how many times I've seen the scene where he rescues the little girl in Tent City and like jumps over a car and then flips the car with him because the window's open. So he like grabs the top of the car and flips it over to prevent the bomb from harming her. Like, that's rad. That is so rad. It doesn't matter how many times you see. I mean, I feel like Will is going to have to agree that that part was really rad. At least I hope he does. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was it was rad no matter how many times I had seen it. Um, but I think this one was interesting because it was a pre, it was like pre-pandemic. They went into production and then they had to shut it all down. Um, they filmed it in my hometown of Atlanta, which was really, really awesome. Uh, the cut I saw had a lot of Atlanta skylines and references and logos that they ended up, of course, editing out for the final version. Um, but I think for Stallone's, you know, Twilight Years, this is a good, this is a good entry. I would probably put this at mid-tier Stallone. And it's definitely one that I could easily revisit or throw on for background noise. And I can't say that about all of his films. Um, so with that, uh, my five minutes are nearly up and I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Lauren. That'll do it. Thanks. <laughs> wow. No, I, I, I guess I'm the lover that goes next, and uh, I, I, that is a unique perspective. I did not know you've seen three different cuts of this, and I'm and my frown face immediately comes up that you're saying that the cut we got is less than the other two. So, dang, man. Um, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm mid tier Stallone on this as well. I think it's just fine. I enjoyed the mentor qualities that that he really shows. Um. I think in my review, I kind of did like a since Will's really, you know, dropping Star Trek cameos and shit in here. Um, I'm doing like um, there's a there's a pro wrestling chant that comes out all the time called You Still Got It, where some older wrestler who's been retired for a long time shows up the ring and shows up some young guys and the crowd just goes crazy going, you still got it. And I tell you what, you're right. At 76, uh, Sylvester Stallone indeed still has it because he he just has that gravitas, man, where he just. Um, as a as a hulking figure of himself, even if he's not, you know, cut to shreds like he used to be, he just still cuts, he, you know, he just still cuts a shape of an image of a man who's been tough and been there and done that. And for him to kind of play, I know it's kind of the 
I don't want to, it starts out kind of as this fuddy-duddy tinkerer thing, but you realize underneath that, man, this, this has to mean more because it's him and it's Stallone. And he carries that scene, those scenes where he starts to mentor this kid and kind of move things up and um, improve, you know, this kid's, you know, stop, spot where he is in the neighborhood in life and all that and i just really appreciated stallone showing us that kind of side of things because i think it'd be really easy for him just to stand there bark orders um yell punch and screw a whole bunch of things up and, and just kind of or mope the whole movie so for him to kind of open up and have that that foil to play with in terms of this kid i really appreciated that story i think he did a great job and for the movie to kind of like to kind of low-key do it superhero thing without without being you know, loud and crazy costumes without being decadent, massive city, you know, that this little, this kind of, you know, urban crime decay thing. I, I like the the world they kind of built to kind of, you know, present this story of like, what would it be like if, uh, if things did get, you know, there was a big throwdown and things were vanquished you know, in terms of heroes or villains or just the, the state of things. What would, what would a city be like? And what would a public be like with that? You know, living in that wake. And I really appreciated kind of the storytelling that went into that and the the shape of which they kind of created this world and for Stallone to work in it. So for, yeah, to see Stallone. And then like you said, Lauren, just the, the scenes where they do give him some action, the man can still throw down. I know he's got like two stunt doubles in this movie to go with, you know, him being him, but he shows up good, you know, well enough and good enough. And I appreciated the villain. Um, not, you know, not a, not a full mustache twirling, you know, not a full, you know, Joker wannabe statistic, you know, sadistic villain, I should say. Yeah, where it's just enough menace to be, you know, an urban small time, you know, a small, small area crime menace, but enough that, you know, you have that specter of, you know, followers and 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 kind of the reputation of, what, you know, what has come and gone between heroes and villains where that still kind of reverberates enough to kind of inspire good and bad in the city. And I appreciated that. I thought um, I thought that level of storytelling was good. I feel like there's more they could have mined for sure. Like you can go a little deeper with the lore. I mean, obviously Stallone's character tells some stories and lets you know, kind of with some history, Martin stars there to kind of narrate some history and give you a little extra exposition. And, and by the time we get to that world-class fucking twist that comes at the end, um, you realize that there's a whole lot more you can kind of mine out of this where I don't, th- people will say that that third act is probably loud and rushed. I didn't mind it one bit. Like, have go ahead and have that escalation go ahead and pull that rug out from underneath us and really show off you know the the impact of what what this what we've been watching this whole time because i think if you take that whole you know fuddy-duddy vibe that you thought stallone had and then you apply it to what the twist tells um you're like dang he's there's real lament there or there's real change there or there's you know water on the bridge time that would hollow a man out good or bad and i I love that angle and depth of Stallone's character. Yes, it would be nice to kind of have it explored a little fuller, but man, I was that that had me. You know, that movie went from just fine to ooh, just fine when I got to watching that part. So I enjoyed it. I had a blast. Um, it is something I would gladly watch again. And uh, yeah, I hate to see Will tear it up, but he's going to tear it up. I, I'm not. I didn't hate it. So. You guys are all sounding like I'm going to rip this thing apart. It's not the case. Not the case. I'm going to start my five minutes now. So just because I'm talking and whatever. But okay. So the clock has started. No, I don't hate this thing. I actually put in my review on Letterboxd. I gave this three stars out of five. So I don't hate it. I said I gave it three stars despite my better judgment. Um, I think that the biggest thing, and maybe this is fixed in the cuts that Lauren was talking about, is I think there's a lot, the, the story squanders a lot of potential. Um, um, and, it, and it does become a, a typical, this is typical of superhero films, a rock'em sock'em action fest towards the end. Um, I don't mind that on an entertainment scale. Um, but I, I do like the ideas that they brought in. And uh, I do like the twist. I'm not going to say it's a world-class twist. I mean, it was it was a, a fine twist. Um, but I, I do feel like in the end, there's a lot of avenues that went untraveled. Uh, in terms of the world building, I also agree. Um, I actually really like the production design. I like the fact that um, this place um, is near apocalyptic. Like, it's, it's kind of got that RoboCop Detroit feel to it, where... Everything is kind of run down. You kind of got this idea that people are 
it feels like what, uh, and I'm not going to go so far as to say Blade Runner, which I think did a much better job of you know showing how a world progresses with limited technology. But I, I do think this is a more realistic look at maybe like where the world would be going in a, not necessarily a like post-nuclear apocalypse, but you know, maybe a post-economic collapse apocalypse where everyone's got a phone, but it's kind of like an old phone and the streets are, no one takes care of the streets and no one takes care of anything. I really dug the production design. So I like that. And I actually think it's better done here than in the most recent, some of the more recent superhero flicks like Joker and the Batman, where they try to emphasize that urban decay uh, with, to me, less success than this movie. So major props for that. Uh, like, like I said, I, I loved the, uh, the world that was set up. Uh, I am kind of a sucker for that, uh, uh, you know, urban decay stuff. You know, like uh, some of my favorite sci-fi films or a film we did recently on uh, a couple weeks back, Repo Man, you know, like even stuff that doesn't take place in any kind of not too distant future, but just, you know, it's the part of society that's not pretty that we see. I like I like stuff like that. I like to see kind of that underground aspect of it. So a lot of, a lot of good things to say. Um, and yeah, I, I've actually, and Lauren will appreciate this, for whatever reason with Stallone, um, the films I had never seen with the exception of the fourth one were the Rambo films. So um, I decided, you know, after Samaritan, I watched all the Rambo films, except for the fourth one, because it's so bad. Uh, and um, I, I can I know what a bad movie is. Uh, that's that's Last Blood, uh, and that's Stallone like looking like an old psychopath, and it's crazy, and it just it's nihilistic and awful and terrible, and it's just bad, just poor filmmaking on all fronts. So this is definitely not a bad movie. It, it like you said, it has a budget, it has some good things going for it. I, I just think it, the problem with uh, a lot of the criticism of superhero films, uh, even I will admit, it is a limited genre in terms of the avenues you can go down. You can certainly play with things, and we're seeing that now, like uh, with the Marvel shows. Like uh, I recently just got, I just started watching She-Hulk, and and then also Werewolf by Night came out at the time of this recording. So you can definitely take little elements and expand upon them, and, and have fun with the elements, but at the core of it, the, the main selling point for a superhero film is the emotions behind the characters, because when you have superpowered beings, there's really only so much you can do to amp up that threat, you know, or to, to counter that superpower. So even I admit it's a limited genre, but another criticism that people have is that it is um, kind of repetitive. Um, I don't want to say generic, I don't believe it's generic, but a lot of people will feel that way because you can either go really light and poppy or you can go really dark. There's, it's tough to find that happy medium. So I think the creators of this were trying to create something original to the superhero genre. Uh, the only problem with it is, is that even though they've got kind of this nice setting and some cool story ideas and their idea that this is not a world of superheroes. It's just, there happens to be two of them. And it's more of like an old school Marvel thing with like an accident that happened that gave these people powers. Unfortunately, they just, they kind of went to the generic storytelling that I think that's what ultimately brings this down from something that could be truly great to something that is totally fine. Where's my bell at? Oh my goodness. Sorry about that. Yeah. I was on Jeez. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. All right. We will break for a short announcement from our non-corporate partners and friends. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Red Rum. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry. The killer's behind you! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Yeah, let's see where this goes here. Oh, so, Lauren, I gotta know. What, um... What was in these other cuts that makes it just that the standout stuff you're like, wow, like you said, we got the worst of the three. What made it that? Um, so there actually was a chance to do more character building as far as it goes for like the little boy and uh, his dad. Right. Because there's okay. a couple like offhanded, you know, 
So it delves into more, a little bit more of that, but it really delves more into uh, Stallone's character and psyche and um, the pawn, the pawn shop guy. When I said there were two characters, one was edited out entirely, and I'll get to that in a okay. minute. The second one, though, was almost edited out entirely, and that was the pawn shop guy. So in the very first cut that I saw, um, it was like the only movie I saw during COVID. Like I double masked and I went to this Harkins in the middle of nowhere for this test screening of Samaritan. It was, you know, obviously the only actor I would do that for in uh, 2021. And um, <laughs> I love <laughs> like, the show. Like I was like, I'm no willing shame. to get COVID for this movie. Like I really was. Um, so yeah, I know I'm committed. Uh, or I should be committed one or the other. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so the pawn shop guy ends up, um, a little bit of a trope, I, I guess, you know, there's kind of a, a, okay. a trope involving like minority figures, but largely he just becomes a confidant to, uh, Stallone and you get to see more of their years long relationship and you get to see more of Stallone as the tinkerer and the fixer of like broken things. Mm. So there are mm. more scenes with the pawn shop guy, including the pawn shop guy. Um, there's a big climactic scene. Okay. In the version we saw, sorry, in the version we saw Sylvester S Stallone just ends up like packing his bags and leaving. Right. There's no, right. um, he just wants to escape. Like, you get why he wants to do it, but, like, there really isn't a whole lot of... He just decides he's going to leave town, right? In the film, he goes to the pawn shop one more time, and he collects all of the money that has been owed to him over the years for, like, the clocks and stuff that he's brought in. Because if you notice, the first time he meets the pawn shop guy, like, he yeah. talks about the money, but he never actually is... Like, bills are unexchanged. So he's actually been holding on to Stallone's money for a very long time. Um, and so he, Stallone comes to collect and like they have this come to Jesus moment and the pawn shop owner goes, you've done enough for this city. You don't owe them anything. Um, mm, okay. And so that is what he, that is when he like decides to leave and then obviously changes his mind. So the pawn shop guy had a lot more, they had a lot more camaraderie. They had a lot more back and forth and they had a lot more heart to hearts. And all of that was removed. All of it. Okay. Um, Gosh. Which is a bummer. I'd like to see that. And yeah. I know. It was really, really touching. Um, but then uh, they eliminated a character who was, to me, what Samaritan does a good job is, is it's grounded in realism. Like, it's very, I could see that reality, right? Like, yeah. you could see that in certain metropolitan cities. And, like, we were talking about Detroit or, like, Flint, Michigan, or, like, with water crisis. And so, to me, it was it was very grounded in reality, whereas some comic book movies are, like, not at all a realistic kind of place that you would find on a map. Um, but there was this one character who fit the role of the rich uh, developer, the the gentrifier. But he was ah. like, he was like Max Shrek level of like a Batman Max Shrek, not <laughs> no Smarante yeah, Max Shrek. He was the Max Shrek. <laughs> sure. He was like a Max Shrek character. He was like okay. really over the top. So kind of like when you were talking about the mustache twirling, like he was this yeah. really over the top character, just like in Batman. And mm. it didn't fit at all. Like it did no, not. No, that wouldn't. Not in this was, place. Yeah. Everyone else is playing their roles, you know, like an eight and he's an 11. Yeah. Like it just Ooh. doesn't, Wh it doesn't. Which fit. actor played this character? I don't know. Is That's it like a, no was, was it like a known actor or just some guy? It was an older gentleman, like probably in his fifties uh, yeah. or sixties. Um, but yeah. he plays a developer and then ends up honestly getting murdered by Cyrus. Mm -hmm. All right. okay. um, there's a, a hotel rooftop scene on top of like a fancy like building like they're they're basically building sure. this massive skyscraper in granite city but that's also like not not seen in the film but they're building yeah, they this like small. giant right. high rise you know a mixed use you know development but only rich people can afford the the apartments and penthouses you know what i mean that type thing so there's yeah. this like rooftop celebration and cyrus and his goons crash it and like 
kill everyone on the rooftop. And then like, that's it though. So it doesn't go any, like this character was not necessary and it doesn't really go anywhere, but there is a scene with Stallone talking to the little boy and they're standing kind of adjacent to one of those bus stop uh, stands like poster, you know, bus stop poster areas. Um, And the, that character is on the bus stop poster, the Max Shrek developer guy. So they didn't quite delete all of it. Um, there were yeah. he, there were news. There were more news. Uh, like when Stallone turns on the TV, this guy would have been on the news talking about like, oh, I'm helping this city by creating jobs and building, build, you know. But really, he's like pushing people out so he can charge an exorbitant amount of money. Um, right. So those are two characters that uh, were not really in the cut that we saw. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe it I can see that being on the nose. I see what you're saying. Maybe it'd be more interesting if the guy was like Shrek and not Max Shrek, but Shrek Shrek, <laughs> like green. You know what I mean? Like maybe that would have been oh, really boy. interesting. You know what I mean? I mean, Granite you think City he's was compensating for something. A, <laughs> it was already kind of a swamp, yeah. though. Like Granite City was already, <laughs> you know, dilapidated. So Shrek would have been right at home, I think. Exactly. Um, but well, yeah, so that's that's kind of the two big, big things. And that's why I say the cut we saw was disappointing because I saw the potential that was there, right? I saw all the mm-hmm. stuff that Will was lamenting, like, you know, and so like the character development was there and the world building was yeah. there. And it was just like such a disappointment that in, that they cut out these these characters or at least the the pawn shop guy. The other guy didn't belong. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's like, a cool if, perspective to have because, I mean, probably how many people were at that screening or whatever? I mean, there's not going to be many that are going to have that perspective. We can only see. No, what. it was like 300. It was in like the city oh, kind of. Yeah, but still Damn. like just 300 people who most of them, let's be honest, just probably wanted to get out of the house at this point. Mm-hmm. It was and a packed even... screening during COVID? Yeah. Tell me about it. That's why I was like wow. double masked. Uh, but I was I was picked for an audience. What do you call it? Can you um, imagine? Can you imagine at the funeral for someone and they said like, <laughs> "How did they die? They got COVID watching Samaritan." Like <laughs> I, I would, I would come back from the dead and then kill myself all over again. If that she was went on on top, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was. And, well, and I did it twice because then a few right. months later there was a second cut. Um, and they, they, I did not get picked for the audience survey after that. Um, or no, there was, there were pieces of paper. Like if you've ever been to a, like an audience screening, there was like this manila envelope taped to the front of our chairs or the chair in front of us. And then a pen inside. And we all had to fill out this questionnaire. But the first time I saw it, which was the full unedited cut, um, I got to be part of the post film discussion with like mm. a dozen other audience members. I I I was I made friends with one of the people running the screenings and she comes up to me and was like, "Hey, do you want to be do you want to stay later and give your opinion and stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." There it is. <laughs> you found so, a way to you found a way to mention rhinestone a lot, didn't you? In this conversation. <laughs> no, I didn't. And guys, we get more shine. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, can we add some cowboy hats and um, yeah, yeah, it's missing. And, yeah, missing some Bob Mackie, some Bob Mackie <laughs> costumes. Um, right. But uh, no, what was I? Um, sorry, I've been talking a lot. I was going to say something, but You're I don't good. remember now. So uh, I, I, I don't remember what I was what I was. Uh, oh, I remember what I'm, it was. Have you guys? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, uh, I was just going to say that the pawn shop guy sounds fascinating to have more of i'd rather have that than martin stars you know playing the the yeah, I mean, bookstore guy you know i could i could i mean, that, I mean sure. uh, i'll take i'll take stallone backstory to little kid bedtime story shit between the yeah two the, like it. there was there was more there was more with like the little kid well the cut i saw was actually more confusing with the kid's dad because they never really addressed it even though they kept talking about it so, mm, yeah. okay. like, that was part of the audience complaint was like, 
hey, we still don't really know what's going on with his dad. Like, can you maybe clarify that or like? Well, I, that guy is crazy because uh, that's my kind of woman right there. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm as hell, man. I was just like, oh, all right, uh, okay. Who who would leave this? Be- this beauty i don't get it but uh, well he I mean, had, the dad um, ends up being one of Cy- like i think like worked for cyrus or was like a mm-hmm. anyway the dad was in out. too deep yeah. but trying to provide for his family right like really the yeah. only way to do so was turning to a life of crime so see you don't get mm-hmm. that like you don't you don't get that part um but no i actually referenced i don't know if you guys have seen a movie called uh arch enemy um, no. It was written and directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer, who did Daniel is Real. I don't know if you, or Daniel isn't real. Another I don't know I if you've seen, seen that either. Okay. Um, Arch Enemy is a lot like Samaritan. And I actually said that in my um in my critique because they were filming it. But of course, no one I'm with the average moviegoer, which means they saw mm-hmm. maybe two movies a year in theaters you know what i mean <laughs> right so no one knew anything about arch enemy so it kind of fell on on deaf ears but there's a film called arch enemy that has a lot of similarities to samaritan I'm look i'm looking for yeah, me it too, a here. 2020 but... independent superhero film how did you get that yeah. I've, all i see is like uh, joe magnolio uh, yeah here we go yeah all i get yeah all i'm getting is Joey like Mangs. 20 titles of live Next concerts bit. from the metal band arch enemy that's all i'm saying i don't understand <laughs> glenn Howerton no yeah it came, it's not it a joke also, i'm just saying it's yeah. this all i'm seeing it did get lost in 2020 because it was it was one of those first movies to come back to theaters mm. kind of thing um yeah but uh, there's a lot of similarities where like he mentored like Joe Mango Jello. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's got a, it's it, hanging it's tight. It's got some ideas there. Um, it's mm-hmm. another one that falls flat, right? Like you can see the potential and then it just that it just kind of fizzles out in the third act kind of thing. Okay. Um, but it's got Whereas a lot of this one of to me peaks in the third act. Yeah. You think so? I, I, mean, I like I think Samaritan it I, because like for Samaritan, it, it rush, but once you get rushes, there and the throwdown comes, yeah. you're yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's rushed, I mean, but once the throwdown comes, I'm in. You know, like, oh yeah, here we go. You know. Well, yeah, that's why I want to watch Stallone kick butt. Like, I don't want to oh, see, no. him, like, that's the thing. Like, I I agree mm-hmm. with you where he's a like not necessarily a softer side, but a more vulnerable side is maybe a good right. Descriptor. Right. Good work. He doesn't he doesn't play a lot of like vulnerable characters. Um, and I think there was vulnerability in this, and there was definitely like getting too old for this shit kind of yeah yeah i was worried about that for a bit yeah um but then like i mean the cut i saw had him doing his own stunts so i know there There were not not i know there were stunt doubles especially for the opening scene you gotta have between the two you know between nemesis and um samaritan but like Mm -hmm. the end stuff was him uh he was it looks around stunt guys and and you know he was doing that. It was not. I mean, you got uh, some stunt. You got people. some legit. You got some legit stunt team here because you have um uh the fight coordinator of the movie did extraction with Chris Hemsworth. That's Michael Laird's mm-hmm. the guy's name, and then the supervising stunt coordinator is Justin Yu, who just did a uh, Day Shift, that vampire movie with uh, Jimmy Fox. Oh, that, that was Netflix fun. Here. I so, had fun with that. One. Yeah, there's they spared no expense for the for the physicality, and I appreciate that. It's bad, no expense. Yeah. Well, it's like a hundred million dollar <laughs> budgeted movie I'm looking at here. Like, no, it, this I'm, wasn't I'm some little Amazon little. Jurassic Park. We spared no expense, like to every. Well, I'm not. Oh, I thought Will Hammond, was like, you know? oh yeah, no, they definitely spared right. no expense on Samaritan. I thought it was a sarcasm thing that you would say. No, it was a, it was a <laughs> Jurassic Park another Star reference. Trek cameo list here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know Dwayne Johnson was in Star Trek: This Generation? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he, yeah, no, he was in Star Trek: Voyager. Why don't you <laughs> stop? Oh, see, he was to get he fought Jerry Ryan exposes wow. the nerddom as well. Yeah, oh, he, fought he fought Jerry Ryan, Ryan in an episode of, one of his kids Star Trek Voyager. Wow, so, I'm just impressed that see? Will's fandom expands beyond Marvel. To be honest, I, oh, Star know? Trek was the original. Uh-huh. Star Trek was the original thing that didn't get me laid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of fandoms in this brain here, but you know, Star Trek was the what? original. Um, yeah, we, we okay. need 
we need a clever name for a Tinder for nerds. And I, I don't have a good, like, you know, nerder, you know, like, I don't know what to call there. So, yeah. Nerder. I hardly even met her. Uh, anyways, so. <laughs> nerf herder. Nerf, nerf herder. Nerf herder. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. Are you scruffy uh, you are looking? Scruffy enough for Try nerf yeah, herders. Look, at, look at that beard uh, yes. that man has. Look at that beard. I would be, He's I'd be the, on the poster board for that. They, they would put me on the. In the Times yeah, Square no. ad, be like, "Hey, scruffy no, looking nerf no, no, no. You, you're available." Subway billboard at best. Come on, you're underground. Yeah, that's where I belong. I am, <laughs> can't put that in the public. That's where I get my dates in the underground yeah. of the subway. So the, those park benches <laughs> where they have like insurance agents and realtors that get like their teeth blacked out by a sharpie. That's that's where it's gonna go. Aw, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. Well, you should aim, that's, you should aim higher. <laughs> well, um, again, it's not it's not me. It's not my fault. <laughs> I aim very high. No, I just um, I think it's amazing that you have all of these nerddoms in your brain. I didn't too. I didn't know that. Uh I married I married a Star Trek nerd, so um oh. that's all that's why though I was like, oh wow. <laughs> like Well, and his name is Will also. So yeah. mm -hmm. am his I like Will. Am I like Jim yeah. Carrey in that Take one movie? Like, am I your husband? And I don't know it, but I because I'm also some other like a Canadian trooper or something. Maybe I don't. Maybe I have alternate realities here. I don't know. What you are know, you, the mirror, what Jim Carrey movie are you talking about? Me, myself, and Irene. I think. Oh, oh see, I never saw. I was like, are you talking about okay. Eternal Sunshine? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd rather you talk about that one because me, myself, and Irene is rough. So yeah, you're one. the person who saw that movie. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you're I the saw one it. person the only scene I remember is him pissing against the wall after having sex. That's all. Like that that's the only that's the only thing I remember too. Because he goes, "Why am I pissing yeah. like I just had sex?" And I, I imagine what sex is like. And then I was like, "I wonder if that happens." <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, back in 1999. <laughs> all we could do was imagine. You are right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this went off the Samaritan rails. Closing thoughts for Samaritan around the dais. No, oh, well, don't all I, whatever. It's fine. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, a uh, little behind the curtain here. Lauren was like, hey, is the ship sailed on this one? And I was like, yeah, like halfway through the movie. I, I don't think <laughs> I don't. I mean, we're talking about it. Like, when was it released? Like uh, August, my birthday, August 26th, 2022. August 20. My God, that's not yeah, that long ago, I, I guess. No, it's not, it feels, not that long. It feels but like I'm, it was that long ago, but yeah, I think going I to Prime was was sorry. I just think I think going to Prime was a bummer, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think this would play decent on the big screen. Like it, you'd find, especially with how look how long some of these movies can just hang in theaters right now because of obviously a lack of volume of stuff coming out. Like I was looking at movie times for a, for a friend where like Bullet Train is still in theaters, and this movie deserves more time than bullet train so like the, yeah a movie bullet like this would get its four one, weeks you know easily yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean especially when it came out august september has been extremely slow for it would have found first runs yeah, which is why hole. like jaws came out you know avatar re-release like you're filling space basically until mm -hmm. halloween ends in black adam right like you're, yeah, you're filling space much. until the middle of this month so and Stallone has had a hit like in every decade, right? At right. least like one. He's he's been like top of the box office like every decade for like the last fifty years or something like absolutely crazy. Yeah, he's, he's one hundred and seventy-five um, years old. So yeah. of course he's gonna. <laughs> well, he's the only. No, five, he's the only star to have eighteen eighties. Eighteen eighties. He was a box yeah. office star. <laughs> yeah, so. I made twenty-seven the, cents he, at the Kansas City Theater. <laughs> He was in the great. Yeah. Uh, he was in the great train robbery. Um, but right. no, um, with robber number four, uh, I saw him. I, I yeah. think. I think hung just, like a horse. What a guy! <laughs> <laughs> I think what just the? delivering it to Amazon Prime was a detriment, and I think Amazon is still figuring out to do with because it's an MGM title, right? Or United Artists title, and then like they went to mm -hmm. MGM, and so you know now Amazon owns the MGM library post like seventy nine or something. So I think they just, with the pandemic, and I don't think they necessarily had a lot of confidence in it, but I think they were thinking his name yeah. would be a draw. And it was. I think it was I think it was watched a lot within the first week or so. But what happens, yeah, it, it, something else cards, hits yeah. Netflix, something else hits Hulu, something else hits, Pro like, mm -hmm. 
it's stuff gets buried on streaming. Yeah. Right. You have such a very limited window. And I think even releasing it in theaters like two weeks in advance when there was nothing going on. Agreed. And again, it's an average Stallone. It's decent. It's got a high budget. It's got yeah. like a good cast, you know, and now, I, I think I'm seeing here yeah. where um, I'm seeing here. It was originally supposed to hit theaters in November 20th, 2020, of course. Yeah. You know, COVID knocked that out. It was supposed to come out December 11th, 2020. Obviously thinking, oh, two weeks, you know, COVID will blow over. And then bumped to June 4th, 2021. And then it was completely shelved until yeah. August of 2022. Where between, I think you're right. You know, between confidence, between COVID. Um, the, and yeah, I th- I'm with you. The change of ownership with, you know, Amazon coming in and swooping and purchasing MGM that same year. That's all it took for them to be like, you know what? Let's just wash this one right down here. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll have Amazon, it'll have though- life, you know, but it, those things. Amazon has been able to put a few things in theaters and MGM can normally muscle a few things in theaters where I don't know if it would make a hundred million dollars back, but it would do okay. No. And I don't even think it cost that, but it didn't cost nearly that much at all. So I mean, I I don't think Wikipedia is showing the budget and a hundred where I'm like, gosh, that's high, you know? Oh, that seems really, really high, especially given the special effects of like the warehouse. How about that? How about that (laughs) de-aging? Yeah. it was all yeah. right until they like it's not a perfect you know and de-aging no. i mean i have my own thoughts on de-aging anyway and i just don't think it should be a thing i'd rather them have hired a guy that looked like a young stallone to Agreed. be honest and just throw yeah. some what makeup they did, on or a prosthetic or something that's what they did in halloween kills they they got an actor that looked like donald pleasance with makeup as opposed to like having this horrifying polar express thing where you're just yeah. looking into the soul of a dead AI, like yeah. just that's like I was alone. Can't you tell? Yeah, like the, no, the fire I covers can't. it up a little bit, but it's rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. when they zoom in on his face, yeah. like, and they do like a, a like a three quarter shot or something, it's not so great. It was okay from a distance, but again, like, yeah, the movie not perfect, but I mean, I think it could have been released in theaters for a couple weeks and done all right. And mm-hmm. there was nothing yeah. else to see. And I mean, Stallone still has a draw, obviously. Um, right. Oh, you yeah. know, I think he still has a draw, especially among like, you know, 40 to 60 year old men. Lauren and Knights. they're the Lauren ones going Knights. out to the theater. And me. Yeah. But this one, Amazon didn't do any screenings for, though. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. I asked this, the Phoenix I Film get Society. A for this. Yeah. Yeah. I asked the Phoenix Film Society, you know, because they were looking for film ideas for September. And I was like, hey, wink wink and um jason with the phoenix film festival came back and was like hey amazon is not doing any theatrical screenings for samaritan yeah i know and i was was like what that's crazy like you're not even doing Mm -hmm. critic screenings or i don't know because like Um, for example even like netflix with blonde you know there was a there was a window for us to see it on the big screen critics and all yeah of course it dropped to netflix seven days later but still it was nice to get that shot no, we yeah. got it. We got it way earlier than that, didn't we? Didn't we see you it like blonde. almost a month before? No, I could have sworn that. I saw oh, it. Like true. I could have, I could have sworn I saw it like on the seventh, and then it didn't come out to the end of the month. That's we might have had a week before. We we might have had a week or week and a half before its Netflix drop, and then of course, I, no, it's theatrical drop, the, and then another week before its Netflix drop. Oh, right, right. I saw You're the thirteenth. Right. I, I saw the thirteenth. So that's yeah, yeah that's two weeks. Yeah, we that was nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, worse movie than Samaritan, worse movie than Samaritan. So, oh, um, I have no desire to see Blonde given what I've heard is in it's it. It's like my number oh, one no no for like watching a movie. And yeah, like listen, <laughs> listen to our listen to our amazing episode on it. Uh, with your we do best minutes. friend Katie Glidewell. Um, yeah, I just saw that you guys released it, so I've been I I've, I've been meaning to listen to that one because I figure that'll just tell me everything I need to know, and I don't true. have to witness it, it with my own eye holes. And, uh, yeah. uh, my favorite, I'll I'll cap off with my favorite review from Letterboxd. This is by a, oh here we go a user named Jack Bool B O O L whatever that means. He says uh, the movie uh, when you order Unbreakable from Wish. This was his <laughs> review. I like this one. So that's pretty good. That's a good one. But that, I, mean, I think yeah. that's a oh, he's not. That's, that's that's rough, but it's funny, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Unbreakable uh, is is good, but I, you know, that's a discussion for yeah. another day. 
Unbreakable, Unbreakable but, is incredible. Unbreakable is It's incredible. okay. It's that's one of those good. Like that's it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and not... I, I'll be the one that says Welcome it. Welcome to the Cinephile History. We're discussing whole... Unbreakable. Well, they, well yeah. <laughs> no, I can see good. this. I can see the similarities to a de- to a degree, but Unbreakable is right. like so serious. Like, oh I don't my know. gosh, too serious. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. now that they've connected it to whatever the split glass bullshit is, it's like like the one good part about Unbreakable was like it was his own thing. Now that they've tried yeah. to connect yep. it to other shit, we're like, oh, okay, now we're now you're just pissing on Unbreakable. Like it, I haven't it's, seen it's hard to say that an that. original got worse, but original got worse just knowing that they've taken it where they've taken. Oh no no no, that's that's the Star Wars effect. Almost all the Star Wars no. movies are bad now because of True. all the extra crap we get. So mm. would would y'all watch a Samaritan sequel? Um, I mean, where would probably you go because I would, I'm yeah. fat and lonely and just watch stuff. So yeah, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> I mean, we all I mean, know I would, but I just mean I would. Yeah, I. I would. There was such potential mm-hmm. that I think, like, there could be, there could be more to be mined from mm-hmm. it, or you know, if you did it as a mini series instead, sort of thing, where you actually had the mm-hmm. time to develop. You know, because mm-hmm. like, yeah. Tul- like I'm excited about Tulsa King, and that's going to be a series instead of trying to fit that plot into like a two hour movie. You know, mm-hmm. so there's just different things you could do. But um, uh, I would, so I would welcome a Samaritan verse, even though we're not going to get one. Right. <laughs> well, I would too. I mean, what was the thing that Vin Diesel was trying to get going right before COVID? Because it was the last movie I saw in Bloodshot. COVID. Bloodshot. He wanted to start some kind of valiant cinematic universe or something oh, yeah, he was like the trying comics. to get he was trying to get yeah. like vcu vcu trending on twitter oh boy. and uh and then that hung over my head for a long time because that was the last film i had saw in theaters Ooh. oh I yeah was, I was, and i was like yeah. if i die from covid if that's the last movie i've ever seen then, <laughs> i mean oh I, so I was, your last movie was bloodshot and then what was uh what was yours done i was onward? i was onward and my uh, my okay. first one back was Ray of the Last Dragon almost a year later. Mine oh, wow. was Cherry uh, about oh. a year later. That was my first <laughs> yeah. one. My... And it felt so weird getting in the theater. It was like, yeah, I remember I forgot how movies worked. I was like, huh? There's a lot of, pre- there's a lot of trailers and, and clips for buying hot dogs and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's how movies work. I forgot. That's <laughs> Uh, my last COVID film was actually, I think it was Barbarella in 35 millimeter. Nice. Um, nice. on three, on three, five, which so March 5th is 35 millimeter film day. So, mm-hmm. um, that was the last movie that I saw. Clever. And then the first one back was Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah. Oh, I guess see that on the big screen, huh? That's cool. But yeah, well, I also, I mean, at the time I was, I got my job back and was still working for Alamo. And so, mm-hmm. like, when they reopened out here, like, I I had to work. Like, I was working those screenings and mm-hmm. and getting the theater clean and things like that. So um, mm-hmm. I sort of saw a lot of movies early on that a lot of people didn't just because I was already at work. <laughs> so, Good times. Well, Lauren, yeah, blood, thanks for having us. This was, was great. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, what you know, whenever the next Sylvester Stallone thing comes, we gotta have you back, and hopefully, it is sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully. It'll I be hope in, so. I don't know. Let's say like uh, two minutes when we record another one. Um, right. yeah, exactly. yeah, so. two weeks. Wait, <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you in about two minutes. Um, okay. Sorry, we we ruined the magic for everyone out there who thinks we all actually <laughs> record these live. Sorry. Um, all right, here comes my award-winning outro with uh mm-hmm. yeah follow oh that reminds me real quick before i do my award-winning outro uh lauren tell us where we can find you where do you, where do you live what's your address social security number credit card number <laughs> oh what's got this? it um i reside in phoenix arizona and you can find me on twitter and letterboxd and instagram at that movie is fine and I have a podcast of my own with my friend and creative partner, Aaron Hudson. And you can find us on Instagram at that movie is fine podcast or on Twitter at TMIF pod. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, but Instagram is probably your, your best bet uh, to get a hold of us. 
But don't you also have a new professional venture that you would like to maybe point people to that are looking for certain services? Oh my gosh. Well, I would <laughs> love you put to it talk as vague about... as that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to talk about uh, ever so briefly LA Night Consulting. It is a, a live events and theatrical screenings company that I have started and it's going pretty well actually. I do uh uh if you've ever wanted to host your own private screening or you wanted to have like an in-store or a grand opening, have more pizzazz and have like a live guest, or you just want to throw an event and you don't know where to get started. Uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram at LA night consulting. Mm-hmm. Mm. See how yeah. I did that? In a year, That's a award winning plugging right there. In a year from now, expendables four it's coming. Yes. September 22nd. Oh, you have to have me back. Hell yeah. <laughs> We would. We should just have a Stallone cast. Like we should just like it's just a podcast of Stallone films through history. We'll start with that porn film he did or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll go all the way to Tulsa King or whatever the hell's next. Expendables four. Expendables four. Rambo. Rambo six. Rocky twelve. Uh, Staying alive to whatever. You know, we'll do all that. <laughs> oh, um, we're gonna have to talk off off air about your Rambo ratings because. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's a little. Oof. Yep. Mm-hmm. Talk well, to him. They, they're not great. I don't want to. Why we have they're to talk about that off air? Star bad though. No. Oh, they, those last they, two are half star bad. No, those, they no, absolutely no, 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 no. are not. Okay, Tell you know what? They're they, listen. <laughs> they're four stars if you watch them four times. <laughs> <laughs> not if they're half a Come star on. each. That's not how math works. <laughs> Well, no, because no. I'm giving I'm giving you I'm giving you the four times each. So I'll give you one star. I'll upgrade to one star for you, and then we'll do four. You know, yeah, you know what? I'm a, I'm an English teacher. Whatever. Just shut up. Uh, so outro. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast. Also, find us both on Letterbox. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a 25YL media podcast. It is brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. We all have pretty good ratings out there. There's some bastard who remained nameless and left no review. They gave us one star. I don't know who that is. Um, but, uh, yeah, have a great Crunchy. day. We are, <laughs> we are also on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Banana Meter, and we are charter members of the new Independent Film Critics of America group, even though we've been saying that for like a year and it's not new anymore and whatever. If you enjoyed this show, Ruminations Radio Network has more where that came from with wonderful programs and interesting hosts. They pay us to say that. Our show and others are available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We don't get paid. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, you get paid for this? Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> Y'all get paid? <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I have my We're the Millers moment right now.